Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, it's Olivia Perez. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, and the host of Friend of a Friend, a show where we sit down with some of my friends, your friends, and new friends to host inspiring conversations about building something from the ground up. It's another first Monday of the month, which means my best friend, the founder of the Ojo System, Nike master trainer and co-founder of System of Service, Joe Holder, joins me for a co-hosted episode where we rant about all the things in our mind, from what we're loving, what we're hating, and things we want you to know. This week, Joe zoomed in from Iceland. We talked all about his Self Magazine September issue cover, our thoughts on the elections, the importance of taking time for your inner self, some of Joe's latest health discoveries, and our best advice for male-female friendships. As always, stick around for the end for the Q&A where we answer some of your questions submitted via Instagram. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review on the podcast page. Also make sure to follow Joe on Instagram at Ocho System. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Joe, tell us where you are. <laughs> uh, I'm in Iceland. I posted the Q&A for everybody to submit questions for this. And the number one question I got was, Joe, dot, 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 Iceland, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm working on undisclosed projects. Uh, and that's what NDAs are for. But I'm here for work. And that's really all that I can say about it. I mean, I'm focused on the work. I'm focused on doing my work. I'm focused on trying to make the world a better place. Nothing else matters. <laughs> How are you? Catch us up. What's going on? Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm in Iceland. I can't complain. I'm uh I'm just working my ass off. This really I'm definitely taking on a lot of a lot of projects right now. A lot, especially a lot of projects that are outside of the gym space. I'm I'm very excited for I think people to see them and understand what a lot of my friends already understand that I work on a lot more things and besides the gym. I'm excited. I'm excited to keep taking the next step. I'm excited to keep working on social impact programs, even with the state of the world is. I, I think that's when you need leaders and the people that are really about it will step up. And if you're not excited to make a difference right now, just take a step back and help out the people that are. Especially when I think of your work, like the gym is like 5% of it to me. <laughs> I always thought it was like so weird when people were like, oh yeah, he's like, he's a trainer. And I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I've given up trying to explain it. There was a really good interview. Virgil interviewed uh, this this artist guy Arthur. I always fuck up his last name with Jaffa. But basically, there in it, he was like, "It doesn't matter what people call you; just make sure that you're good at it." So I've been given I've given up trying to make people understand what it is that I do and just focus on doing good work and helping people. So that is what it is. 
people want to live in buckets. And I think the inability for people to understand nuance, I think the inability for people to take skills and work on various projects is, has put on, especially projects that are important to them, have put us to an extent in this predicament that we are in in the world. Everybody's kind of defined by their work, unfortunately. And now you see work is ending. And that's when you see, especially in the U.S., especially on the right, you see a lot of people who are consumed with this concept of just wanting to go back to work. The so long story short, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I guess, just a trainer, just like, I, you know, when people try to call you a fashion influencer, I'm just like, uh, everybody, anybody young out there, anybody in general, uh, and the best advice, I'll go on a riff, but the best advice is define yourself, especially if you're a freelancer, especially if you're out here working on your dreams, especially if you're out here hustling, define yourself, figure out what you are, and then work to make people understand what it is that you do or define yourself and keep working and get the people who are important to realize what it is that you do. Like I've walked into meetings four years ago and I explained people what I'm doing today, but then that's what I wanted to do. And they looked at me like I was crazy. So I don't know, man, like a lot of people don't push towards something that they deem to be worthwhile because they are often ridiculed or they get down because they don't see other people doing it. So Take control. Be an active participant in your existence, man. It's just like life's too short. A hundred percent. Where are you, Olivia? You were just on a trip. What's good? Fill us in. You're in like bathing in kombucha or mud baths. So I wasn't sure. What oh, my was. God. Bathing in kombucha. It was a hot spring, <laughs> Joe. Yeah, I just got I'm back home. I just got back from a 12 day road trip. It was the first kind of that trip that I've ever taken. And I'm not going to lie. You texted me on the first day of my trip and what you sent me completely 180 just kind of flipped the way I, I went into the trip. I've been home, obviously, like I've been quarantined for a really long time. And I was really strict on it because my boyfriend has a niece and my dad's an at-risk person. So we've just been really careful. And I eventually was like, okay, you know, if we want to get out and do something, like why not try and hit these places in a car where we feel safe and we're not like kind of carrying the germs like in a plane back and forth. And it was amazing. If you guys can like get outside in any way, whether it's like just driving an hour or two hours into nature, it was like the most rewarding experience. Basically, Joe texted me at the beginning and was like, this trip should be for like yourself, like your inner self and like take the time away from like all the tech and all the work and all the things like just sit and like be with yourself. And it was a really nice reminder because I did that. And I'm really glad that I did because I feel like, especially now, like I feel like my brain is just so consumed like by news all the time. Like I'm so inundated with all yeah. these things. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, that like I needed that reminder to be like disconnect for a second and that it's okay to disconnect for a minute. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have a little bit of time in Iceland to do that, but not that much. So, but I agree. I was in Colorado before this and I, and I looked at I miss it. Miss you by like a day. <laughs> but Boulder is great. But yeah, I mean, I think one, this is what I'll say. It is a privilege to be able to spend time in nature, unfortunately, in the U.S. It is a privilege to engage in leisure, but it's not necessarily a privilege to be able to disconnect. So think of your ability to just remove yourself sometimes. You don't have to read the news all the time, but you can still stay informed. There's a difference, right? It's like you can read the news at the end of the week and still be informed. You still have to know how to go about and live your life and also go about manifesting not even your destiny, but also controlling the craziness of this situation right now. Like For better or for worse, we are existing in a crazy, unprecedented situation. Well, and this is why the government, especially in the U.S., should be doing more to assist us. Don't sit back and wait for somebody to bail you out. 
also also don't sit back and, and wait for the opportune time to like really get to know yourself. Like I was reading this passage and basically I texted that to Olivia because this passage I was inspired by was basically like the inner self is the final frontier. And we have everybody that wants to go to Mars. We have, you know, people, Elon Musk wants to implant Fitbits for the brain. He put that in a pig, all that stuff. And it's just like, hold up, wait a second. This is crazy. Like we want to, we, we want to praise these technocrats or whatever. It's like, explore yourself, define yourself. And that I think allows you to live a little bit better in this world. Like the world is beautiful. Like, it's a beautiful place. Sometimes it's very ugly, but sometimes that ugliness I think is a result of not exploring the human condition, holding people accountable, but also taking time to just get you because this is the one movie you got to be whoever you are at this moment. Yeah. I came back and I actually have never felt like more mentally at peace. I feel really calm. I just feel like it was, you know, just being able to get out there and like be in a car and see so many places that I've never seen before and just experience that like in a very personal, like physical way. Yeah. I mean, sometimes nature is like HD. It's like seeing the world. It's in HD. insane. It's very, like I can't really describe it. Like crazy where I am because I'm looking to my left right now and I see this massive lake. I think it's the biggest lake in Iceland. I just hear sheep like buying in the background. Like it's really, it's really bizarre. There's something, there was a book that I read when I was younger that was all about travel. And there's something that the author said that was like a goal in my life all the time that I am like trying to constantly accomplish is I want to marvel at something. Like I want to marvel at things, whether it's a city, nature, whatever it is. Like I constantly want to be in the pursuit of marveling at the world. I love that. Like even when I was in Colorado, I woke up and I saw the hills are here. I wake up and I literally just reflexively, I'm like, ah, like I'm literally like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I think uh, I've been reading, I've been listening to this podcast, besides yours, of course, listening to this podcast, The Science of Success. And there was this guy that was talking about like, just not marveling, like people don't marvel enough in the now. Like they don't really like, regardless of what's going on, like sometimes those moments where you got to catch yourself like liking something and really just be in it for a second, you know? And that's what I've been trying to practice because at the end of the day, like I'm at a beautiful place and my schedule is stacked, but it's like, all right, for this hour, I'm going to go run. And I'm not worried about anything else. I'm not worried about, I know this call I got to get on. I'm not worried about these emails I need to answer. I'm for this hour, I'm going to be immersed in the glory of what it is that I'm doing. And I just, I think we could all take that back. It doesn't have to be in nature to be able to do that. You know, I feel like this is something that you talk about all the time. And I actually, this is kind of weird that I'm telling you this because I thought I, you were very much in my head on this trip because since the day I met you, you've talked about this idea of just being in the like mundane nuanced day-to-day life and how we definitely not often enough like zoom out and be like, oh, what's the big picture of life? And so many people, I feel like, get caught up in that day-to-day. And I think that's something that I definitely felt in the past six months. I'm sure a lot of people have felt because, you know, we're in a new routine. We're kind of adapting to a very different, like, form of life. But before I knew it, six months had gone by. Mm -hmm. And I was doing the same thing every single day, day in and day out. I feel like as, like, a weird survival mechanism of, like, what we're kind of going through. But I think going out and experiencing nature and being in it again reminded me of, like, you cannot get caught up in that, like, continuous routine of doing the same thing and just like waking up every day to get shit done. Fuck it. Honestly, honestly, because at the end of the day, that's what they're showing us, right? It's like we've woken up every day to get shit done. And then the people who are supposed to take care of us aren't taking care of us. And if that is the fact, 
then you got to own your life. You got to own your existence. You got to own your communities. And then you got to work to make sure that you're not just getting by. So I, like, I don't know. I had this conversation with somebody the other day and it was, you know, they asked me if I was wasting my time. I told them, no, I'm not wasting my time, but am I making the best use of it? And I challenged them to stop being a background player. I challenged my brothers to stop being background players. Stop being a background player in your own life. There's one main character in that. We'll be right back after the break. For all of my listeners who are wine drinkers, meet Usual Wines, a wine company for the modern drinker. Usual takes an artful approach to making real wine, but delivers it in a generous single-serve glass. It's truly the perfect glass of wine. Each bottle is 6.3 ounces, which is like a heavy pour or about a glass and a half of wine, which means no more pouring wine down the sink when you don't want to finish a bottle. Because of the single-serves format and bottle design, Usual is always fresh, so you can say goodbye to flat or stale rosé. Usual wines are made from world-class AVAs, which are American viticultural areas in California, like Napa, Sonoma, and Santa Barbara, and are made with minimal intervention, zero sugar, and zero additives. The wines are low-carb and have zero grams of sugar, too, making Usual a truly clean wine brand. They offer a red blend, a rosé, a sparkling white wine called Brut, and are also offering a limited production Brut Rosé, just in time for summer. I'm a huge fan of their mix pack. For $80, you get a box of their 12 best glasses of wine delivered straight to your home to crack open after a nice long day of quarantine. Go check out their website at www.usualwines.com. That's U-S-U-A-L-W-I-N-E-S.com. And use my discount code FRIEND for $8 off on your first order and try your first glass on us. Hey guys, I'm Kenzie from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything, lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram and it's just at Kenzie Elizabeth, I release new episodes every Thursday. So hope to see you there. You are always working on something new when it comes to the body. Literally every week I talk to you, you're like invested in something, something uh, new that I would have literally never thought of. What are you uh, thinking about right now? Yeah, great, great point. I mean, I guess about three, four weeks ago, I, I wanted to essentially do an audit, a little bit of a tune up and get a little bit more in tune with what it is that I'm feeling. Dental health is definitely on my mind. You know, Olivia did a great podcast with the dentist. I've been really uh, about dental health because there's a, there's a lot that's connected to dental health, cardiovascular health, possible gut health, and it's part of the body. And I think it's one of the areas of the body that hasn't really caught up over time instead of hygiene with our modern living. So I just want to take better care of that. So one thing, I signed up for dental insurance. I didn't have dental insurance. We had a whole conversation about that. Did you sign up for the one I told you? Yeah, I got a uh, think okay, Humana good. or something. Pretty good yep. deal. By the way, guys, you pay like thirteen or fourteen dollars a month, and you get like two free cleanings a year. And there's a ton. It's via Humana. It's not sponsored, but like honestly, no, if you don't have dental insurance, please get it or figure figure something out. What else am I doing? I'm taking you know getting my blood markers measured. I think especially as somebody on a plant based diet, it's important to know what my body's telling me. I use this thing called Inside Tracker, which is basically, I did it while I was in Colorado because in New York and New Jersey, it's a little bit iffy. But basically, you get a script from a doctor and they, I'm able to get about 14 biomarkers, including talking about my liver health, hormone health, blood sugar, iron levels, things like that. So I'm definitely skewing very well, but there's certain things on there that if I didn't have a blood test, I wouldn't have known, you know, particularly with my iron that I'm looking into doing. 
I'm exploring this thing called Levels, which is basically a, a CGM, which is continuous glucose monitor, which basically you put on your arm, you wear it for about two to four weeks. I think real like real time diet feedback will probably be one of the next things in the same way. Like, you know, I, I used to wear a whoop all the time, still wear it sometimes, right. but give me impact about my HRV. Basically, diabetics typically wear one of these things so they know where their blood sugar is at, um, especially as they eat. But a lot of us often do have issues with blood sugar control or don't understand how, yeah, our food is impacting us. And that's one of the things connected to COVID deaths. I'm not saying I'm doing this because of COVID. I've always been interested in it. I've done something smaller scale of this before COVID, but metabolic syndrome is connected to which one of those things being improper control of blood sugar has been connected to uh, COVID mortality. Yeah, I guess those are the main things that I'm really like re-exploring, I guess, from a quantified perspective, my health. And then I'm just really trying to of course, I'm always trying out random supplements, I guess, but I'm just really trying to uh, feel better in my body, I like to say. And the first thing is I've been working really hard I'm, I have, and I'm kind of, I'm continuing to work hard and I need to know, I need to treat my body well to keep up with that. And if I don't know what's going on with it, I can't do my best, my best work. Yeah. I think about that often, about all the things that we probably don't know about and don't really take the time to discover that are making a really big impact on our health and our longevity that can be easily fixed by just getting invested, like invested in it. Yeah. Like go to the doctor, please go to the doctor at least once a year, at least. Yeah. And then, you know, my thing is, is I go a little bit deeper because luckily I also have access to my dad and all this other stuff. But you have to get used to navigating the healthcare system before you have an emergency. So like if you do have your insurance, go figure out, get a primary care doctor, figure out what's covered, what isn't covered. Like the healthcare industry is super confusing. So the earlier you get used to navigating it, in my opinion, the better. Like rest in peace, Chadwick, man. He just died from colon cancer, which is another thing, especially that disproportionately affects blacks. So you know, we got to get used to finding trust in our doctors. Even sometimes a medical establishment doesn't treat Black Americans, poor Americans, even women the best. But please get used to navigating the healthcare system. So if shit hits the fan, you know, it, you you have a higher chance of survival. But it's important to know what's going on in your body. I mean, it's your blood. Okay. That shit is literally pumping through you. It, it's what keeps you alive, you know. And, and when I first started my diet, plant-based diet, I had high iron levels and I was in so much pain and didn't know why. And I was trying to figure out why, what was going on. And to be honest, I was eating too much, basically iron that couldn't be easily absorbed, which is one of the issues of the plant-based diet, right? It's called non-heme iron or whatever. So you typically take some vitamin C or eat a lot of vitamin C rich foods, which help with that. Uh, But anyway, the more you know, the better you can function. And, you know, sometimes you may need to switch your diet up. Sometimes you may need to know more what's going on. But like food literally rebuilds your body every day. So to not know how your body is affected by the things that you consume when you really think about it is a little bit mind boggling. Okay. An imaginary cheers moving on to the next subject of the day, which is the most important one. Joe's on the cover of Self Magazine September <laughs> issue and I'm a really proud best friend. Here's me cheersing my water canteen. Oh like, my God. Honestly, uh, thank you. <laughs> you supported me from day one. Uh, this one. Honestly, the so the reception of that was a lot was a lot more than I expected from people, which was kind of endearing and kind to see. So yeah, we out here. It was about essentially being black and black in fitness. I'm not one to get bogged down in identity politics, as I always like to tell Olivia. But the more you try to ignore how somebody's experience and appearance might affect the way that they are able to navigate and live in life, is very stupid. Like so. 
Um, I think it's important to talk about the black experience within fitness and wellness, especially oftentimes black bodies are fetishized in, in you know, in certain ways. So, you know, we need to have these honest conversations. And, you know, as I like to, as James Baldwin once said, is that the future of the Negro in this country is as bright or as dark as the future of the country itself. So once you start to realize when you, if you, you, if you help, the lesser thans in the sense of how sometimes society is structured it. You uplift society as a whole. I think it's something that especially Republicans have a hard and conservatives have a hard time understanding is, and for all of us, is as hard as weird as it sounds, the American birthright is technically for two groups. And I'm not, you know, there are people here that the American original American settlers treated very wrongly, and that's Native Americans. And America entered into a sovereign agreement with that state and treated them very poorly. But the two populations that came here, especially if Republicans really believe that, we're going to get political for a second just because this is a poll that most Republicans think that the definition of American is brought is very connected to Western European heritage, which is a little bit bizarre. But if that's the route that you want to take, then you also have to say that American heritage is innately connected to the experience of the Black individual to an extent brought here against their will. So the first settlers of this country who built this country, you want to consider that, were Western Europeans and Black Americans. So if anybody conservative wants to go on this ideological rampage, you will have to take care of one of the founding <laughs> ethnicities of this country. This is before Ellis Island, it's before all this stuff, because you had slaves that built this country were Black Americans. And until you are able to address both the inequalities but the story, what is occurring to the black population in this country, the country cannot move forward because that their original foundational part of the ethos of America, whether people want to admit it or not. The history of the black American is the history of the United States. Time is a linear structure. So what happened before impacts what goes on now, and it is much more expansive than we all think. So whether that's in fitness, whether that's in wellness, whether that's in business, whether that's what in whatever, so let's, let's have an honest conversation about how identity currently and the past historically and then in the future moving forward might impact the things that we want to do. Yeah, I mean, look, you can't fully understand your present if your history is fucked up and you don't you haven't taken the time to really learn it or it's been told to you incorrectly. And I think a really big takeaway of the past couple of months for me is that like the posture and like the structure of like American society right now is wrong because we've (laughs) been raised incorrectly. It's like a broken tree. Everybody has a lot of like, yeah, just just learn, just learn. learn. You're like, Oh shit, that was fucked up. Like that, like it's okay to be like, Oh shit, that was fucked up. It's okay. You know, to hold people accountable on both sides. Like, like, Oh shit. Like a Democrat put in bad policies. Dixiecrats weren't good. It's like, Oh shit. Yes. Republicans were the party of Lincoln, but now they're doing shit that is insanely crazy. It's like, maybe we should take a step back and figure this out. It's like, I don't understand why it's so hard for people to just have these conversations. You have to have conversations. You can't have censorship. You can't have all this stuff. You have to be able to talk. The, the foundation of a well-functioning society, in my opinion, is critical thinking, and we have run away from that. We've run away from it. And we put people on pedestals who do not deserve to be put on pedestals. So stop. Stop raising up idiocy. Stop raising up, you know, this idolatry, celebrity-oriented culture. I, I just don't think it's the way of the future. Well, clearly what we're doing right now is not working. So, yes. 
I agree with you. Yeah, but some well, I think some things aspects of it have worked. It's the greatest. I know. I keep right? being like I keep being a little <laughs> pessimistic this week. Like I texted Joe something, being like, "Oh yeah, we did that like right before the world ended," and he like snapped right. back at me and was like, "Yo, right. the world did not end." And I'm like, "Okay, I'm sorry. Like, I'm good. I'm fine. I t- I just had a moment. Like, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I know that there's a story as to why your shirt was that way. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> It's a bit of a mixed story. Honestly, it was hot. On, it was hot on set, and they kind of captured me like that. But also, but I do like uh, you're gonna tell the story, story. But even if it was yeah, hot yeah. or not, like I do <laughs> like the, I like the the morphing of the story. So tell it. Yeah, basically, you know, I am an educated man to an extent. I work very hard. I'm learned. I suppose uh, the one thing that I'll say about the industry is that I've consistently been objectified throughout it it's been a situation where i have first been looked at even if somebody simply called me a trainer at least somebody simply like you know shirts off during shoots something like that i've been looked at from a very materialistic perspective instead of people fully understanding what is behind there and that the fact that i have worked on you know as jay-z said is like yo the marketing plan was me like the plan was me this i i i just happen to be the product and the pusher it's not a situation in which I am not doing high quality work. So it was a kind of a tongue in cheek little wink at like, yo, like you can't get this if you're not going to respect this. He's talking about his abs. Yeah. But basically I covered <laughs> myself up, you know, it was self-censorship to help people fully understand that you, you can't have black bodies without black thought. And I think that's important. I'm going to link the story in the description. You guys should all read it. It was Really, really great. One of my favorite bits of this monthly show that we do is your spicy election takes as an independent. We are about 60 days away from probably the craziest election we're all ever going to experience. Joe and I are going off the grid. Do not try and reach us in the month of November. (laughs) (laughs) We are literally disappearing from the face of the earth. (laughs) But just would love to hear, I think, you know, since the last time we talked, we've had a lot of news. Kamala Harris being the VP pick the conventions happening, all the horribleness that's going on in Kenosha right now. We've just had a lot lot of news in the past month. Would love to hear where your head's at in terms of getting people out there in the next 60 days and just kind of the state of politics in America right now. Yeah, I mean, I actually laughed at one of your tweets because they had the fucking... You laughed at my tweets? In Animal Crossing. Like, I snickered because it's like Democrats do not know how to market I know it's it's all like it's like it's TikTok so animal farm like it's it's just a lot. But you know the Republicans they're they're crazy like they do kind of relatively unethical things like 2016 the Republicans used Cambridge Analytica and basically like data to manipulate the human mindset. 2020 Democrats going to Animal Crossing. It's like dark and scary versus like really cutesy. So like win the play to win the game, and at the end of the day, I think we have to realize that. There needs to be a party for the working people and the Democratic Party, in my opinion, at this point is the lesser of two evils. Like Biden will, I think, be a lot more malleable. Trump can't even condemn a killer like Trump. Trump can't even a man, you know, a kid, 17 year old kid, you know, shot a couple individuals. And you want to harp on the fact that those individuals, of course, weren't saints and, you know, you know, Jacob Blake stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like some a person is dead who is your supporter, condemn them, condemn them. And that's what kills me about Trump, because he's not an idiot. I know this is probably a little bit of a weird take, but- No, but I think you're right. Would have been like, fuck it. He would have went, he would, instead of getting corrupted by Bannon and co, 
would have went to the White House and be like, you know what, fuck it. Like, if I really want to be liked, I'm going to actually do what the people need. Like, cancel student debt or a lot of it, you know, invest more in the black community. And this is, and this is why we need to hold Democrats and everybody more accountable. It's like, you have to invest in your population. The profits of government are a good population, a service. It's not business. They're, they're, a lot of people in there just to make money. But, you know, I'm a little bit hopeful in what's going on. Um, the Democratic convention was a little bit somber. The Republican convention was just kind of dystopian. It was like a weird, it was a TV show. Like they had the apprentice uh, producers basically make it, which was super so weird. But I mean, I'm just trying to listen. I'm trying to read. I'm trying to understand what's going on. I mean, at the very least, I guess Trump administration put a moratorium on evictions for the next four months, which is nice, but they shouldn't be doing a piecemeal kind of legislation to help for people that need more relief since the old COVID package is done. But I don't know. It's crazy. I'm taking a step back. I'm just making sure I'm registered. Make sure you are too. And just engage in your civic duty because less than, what is it, 40% of the U.S. population votes or something crazy like that? No, you posted that stat and it has stuck in my head. 40% of voters are young people who don't vote. 40% 40% of non-voters are millennials. Non-voters are, are millennials, yes, which like yeah. is a ridiculous stat. It's ridiculous. Yes, it's insane. I know a lot of companies, there's been like a big movement for companies to pay their workers to be uh, ballot work, poll workers. Sorry, everybody. Tory Burch just did it. Old Navy just did it. So definitely like look out for companies and places that are doing that because that's really amazing and we should be supporting them. But yes, if you are listening right now and you are not registered to vote, please do it. I think we've talked about this plenty of times on this podcast, especially in the past three months. Like, do what you can within your orbit to make a difference. That Mm -hmm. is such a huge thing that even Joe and I have pushed through system of service, through all the work that we've done. Like, what can you do in your own backyard to make a difference? And the biggest thing that you can do is vote. Yeah. And then really be involved in your local elections and government. That's that's super big. If there's one thing that you can ask either campaign on either side, what would it be? Wow. Anything I could ask for the Biden campaign, I would I would ask them, I would honestly ask them what their plan is to address food insecurity in this country and what are their steps that they're going to move forward to make sure that there is either, there is a national plan for uh, health and wellness attainment in this country. Because COVID has truly shown that a lot of the death is because we have an unhealthy population, inherently unhealthy. Our population is sick without knowing that they're sick. And it's sad. The Trump campaign, I would ask, how they plan on bridging the gap with the various divides that they've created in this country, even if the economy has been strong? How, what is your plan for, the, for creating a robust economy of community, economy of the people, economy for social fabric, before you worry about the global economy and the, and the GDP? What are you doing for, you know, People. I would almost ask both campaigns that question. Yeah, that's real. Post-growth, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer in this post-growth philosophy that human happiness needs to be taken into consideration in, of, uh, of, of quote-unquote a country's GDP. Like we're, we're past just simple and constant consumption. So I want to know what their plan is for the future moving forward and to make sure that the population of the U.S. and, you know, the, the, in collaboration with the world, what's the deal? Yeah, couldn't agree more. Okay, we have our last 10 minutes. Let's go through some Q&A questions that I got. I got a bunch of really good ones. Thank you guys again for always submitting questions. 
Some of these we can just do like quick little rapid fire. But do you think it's true that we become like the people we spend the most time with? Yes, there's a concept of that called homophily, which is basically behavior does rub off on those that you're in close proximity with. Or you will just become, you might, you will become friendlier with them. But I think there are habits that do rub off on you. So be aware of the company that you keep. Look at me. I'm way smarter because of Joe. I'm not done. That's why you live around me. You know, that's why you live. (laughs) I mean, you know, I just said I'm way smarter. I wasn't that smart before. I'm like still not that smart, but I'm just like a little bit, you know? You're just more aware. You've always been smart. I am more aware. You're actually 100% correct. Like if there's anything that I can attribute my friendship with Joe to is how much more aware that you have made me of everything. What is a small step for being more mindful and intentional in the moment? First off, yeah, acknowledge it. Acknowledge sensations, acknowledge feelings, acknowledge how something is in your hand, acknowledge your feet on the ground, and also try to block out other distractions. You know, sometimes if I have a lot of work, it's, you know, I'll put my phone away. I'll, 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 I'll try not to check text too much. I'll just be in the moment. It's like, how do my fingers feel on the keyboard? It's just figure out like this basic kind of, remember Jackie Chan Adventures? Remember they had like the talismans or whatever they're called? It's like, what's yep. yours? It's like, sometimes you need something external also that keeps you grounded. Maybe it's a part of the keychain. Maybe it's, it's something that you your fingers. A totem. Yeah. Maybe it's like, you know, I have this little bracelet that says breathe. It's like, Sometimes just take a second to breathe in a moment. So it's, I think you have these little external reminders that will also be beneficial. I got so many questions about this one topic and I love it because I actually think about this a lot in the way that I see you work. Joe is so informed. How do you keep track of your knowledge? Yeah, I mean, that has been one of the things that I've tried to do over the, all right. So this is very hard because it's also a weak spot of mine because it's kind of messed me up. I've worked now on keeping a database. So I basically have a Google doc or something where I, I keep the links and I try to write summaries for these links and I try to actually. Look. That's a new thing. Yeah. It's a new thing. And talk you to just started doing that. that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've, I've just publicly shown that I'm doing that in a more organized way. Do you, and you um, said you write summaries for everything you read? Yeah. I try to write summaries a little bit or how or I do that for books done, that I read. You should chapter summaries or be able to summarize to myself what it is that I just read, which allows me to understand more what it is. I teach myself what I just read. And if I can't explain something that I just read in there and I go back and read it again or dive deep uh, down. Um, but basically what I try to do is I just set time aside every day to read. And I am a very good synthesizer. Like, that's what I'm, I've been talking to my mom lately about my childhood. And she says, that's always what I would be good at. Like I used to pull up in their bedroom and it was like a mini desk. I used to sit there and tell my, and say, I want more work like in the middle of the night. And my mom was like, what are you doing? Go to bed. I was like five, six years old. I was like, I want more work. And like, I want a book. Like I, that's something I just like. And I think if you get just to stop short, there's a game called Elevate. If you want to work on your brain games, there's this game called Dueling Back and there's this game called Elevate. Download those apps and that'll allow you a lot easier to be able to synthesize information and also make you play a game. Elevate's fucking good. Like you go up like a ladder of different games for the day. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't know. Good tips. I I love that. Someone else asked, what's your go-to search engine for research-based information? Footnotes of anything that I'm reading. Uh, Google Scholar, PubMed. And then there's a lot of open source journals that I kind of stumble upon. But you'd be surprised. A lot of articles, at least uh, especially in the fitness world, have footnotes that link you to certain things. And then I've been listening more to podcasts lately, actually. There's a lot of like scientists and stuff that have podcasts. 
Guys, the podcast world is the best. There's so many. There's, you know, there's, it's like a box of chocolates. There's something for everybody. There's, that's what oh I think. God. Honestly, I, I think about this often. I'm so grateful. I used to kind of like be a little resentful of it and be like, oh my God, everybody's fucking starting a podcast. But like, it is so cool to see how many different voices there are out there. There's something for everyone. I'm so excited for like 10 or 20 years from now, we can look back and be like, wow, all those podcasts are archives. Yeah. Like that's my thought process of it. It's very cool. Oh, I love this one. Tips for male-female best friendship dynamics. So there's two things. There's something very special, I think, that arises from the fact that you can be more comfortable with somebody that probably has a different life experience from you, especially as being a woman, even if you may think in similar ways. And you have you don't have to play any game of having to navigate in distinct ways that you don't want that person to either catch feelings or you're trying to sleep with someone, whatever. It's a situation where like you could just be fully raw and also teach yourself in other ways. And also, of course, sometimes be flirtatious, but that's often just because you're being kind and not have it be misconstrued. It's just a different level of comfortability and a different level of I think engagement with that with that other person, but also realize, especially as a man, at least it's like be willing to invest in your softer side. I think there's like a very yin yang relationship that comes, and I think that's okay. And I think having a lot of uh, female or women friends um, help me understand that. And it's a situation where I don't have to engage in sometimes the power dynamics that come with having a, a male friend who there oftentimes like needs to be a hierarchical structure among men. And I'm not really about that. And I don't have to engage in the, in the weird kind of situation with a lot of my women friends or female friends that I'm trying to sleep with them. And I, I, but I'm, I'm really just respecting them more so as a full person, which I think is an aspect of the black experience as well. Sometimes your whole personhood isn't really respected. And I think as a black male, that's something I connect with very closely on my female friends because we're both fully respecting each other's, presence so it's cool but also understand to make it successful understand the different communication strategies that <laughs> men and women use and that's with any friendship but especially men female and women yeah I, you know. my the first thing that I thought when I got this question was like you know people always think that it it's like men and women can't be just friends and like I completely disagree with that the closest people to me in my life are male friends that I've had for so long I think the the bottom line is like there has to just be the like utmost respect between the two of you. I also look back on our friendship and I see how much you've grown emotionally. And I think that a lot of that has come through the way that like we've learned to communicate with each other based on our personalities. Like I feel like when we first met, like I'm a very soft person. Like I'm I'm very mm-hmm. sensitive. I'm very emotional. Yeah. <laughs> and like Joe used to like make me really sensitive because he just didn't really get that. Like, and <laughs> like, over talk, t- Olivia, Olivia didn't talk for a, about a week. It's her birthday week. And I think I was stressed, but I know it was her birthday week. And of course I always show up, but she, Olivia had been gone from New York for probably for months, over a month. I'm not going to say months, but over a month. It was, a mu- it was like a month and a half. Yeah. She touched it. She touched out in New York and texted me. It's one of the things that I now I know how to deal with. It. It's actually basically like, oh, like I'm here. And I was like, oh, okay, okay cool. <laughs> she froze me until I saw her at her birthday dinner. I and, but I, and that's the thing, I guess, 
that you have to respect. It's like you have to understand the nuances in in like friendships and and relationships, you know. But uh, yep, yeah. So are you prepared for when I touch down next week? Are you like preparing your text? Are you preparing your calendar? <laughs> like, are you getting ready? Because you know, I don't want to ice you again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've cleared my schedule for you. <laughs> Perfect. Great. Can't wait. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you again next month. As always, leave us a review and a comment on the podcast page. Um, If you want to ask Joe and I any questions or you just want to say hi and talk, (laughs) DM us. Maybe me. Joe won't respond to you. It's true. But (laughs) (laughs) thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next month. See you later, alligators. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.